1: back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. And we are back for Hour 2 here on Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito in for Spiegel this week, uh, and we are pleased now to have a special guest join us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park
2: former Cub and big league pitcher, and now a a big star as a color analyst on Marquee Sports Network, Sean Marshall. Nice enough to take some time out to join Mike and I on Inside the Clubhouse this morning. Good morning, Sean. How
3: are you? Hey, what's happening, guys? I'm doing great. How about you guys?
2: We're living the dream. Uh, First, your your perspective on uh, this cancellation for the Cubs... I know it's uh, certainly tough on uh, Major League Baseball and the Cardinals who have only played five games, but uh, what do you think it does for the uh, psyche of the Cubs right now, Sean, as far as them having a pause for a a weekend and knowing they almost went into an environment where it might have been a little toxic?
3: You know, yeah, I mean, playing on the side of caution is a good thing for the Cubs, but you know, they're coming off. A very hot start to their season i mean sweeping or getting three out of four from the royals um, and just playing good baseball they're on a roll they're pitching great the bullpen in my opinion seems to be shaping up uh for the most part you know a couple bumps along the way but um and we heard lester and schwerber talk about postgame a couple days ago you know they they're worrying about the cubs they're not really worrying about the cardinals at all and you know unfortunately for the cardinals it looks to me like their schedule they got they're going to be looking at 12 games to make up after they're, they're allowed to resume play. So it's a little bit of a mess, in my opinion, uh, for MLB baseball, you know, with these doubleheaders upcoming and, and almost unfair balance of the amount of games or teams are going to have to play so quickly. You know, I wish it was, I wish this the COVID would go away and everything would return to normal, but 2020 has been an interesting year, no doubt about it.
1: Yep. 2020 is going to 2020 as it has Sean. And uh, you know, the Cubs, uh, you know, I don't want to say beneficiaries because they have done the right things and they have played great baseball early on, but you know, a few weeks in you're looking at a four game lead in the central and, and that goes a long way sitting at 10 and three.
3: Yeah. And the Cardinals, I imagine they'll be pretty rusty. So, you know, they'll have a long ways to go to catch up in games, hopefully have a long ways to go to catch up to the Cubs, but the Reds, uh, in my opinion, are probably the second-best team uh, in the NL century with the pitching and the hitting. Cassianos is on fire. So, you know, look for them. Keep them in the rearview mirror. Uh, the Brewers didn't obviously get off the start that they were looking for, and their man Christian Yelich isn't doing what he's been doing in a typical fashion. So, you know, it's a great start for the Cubs. You know, this early in such a short sprint of a season, it's, it's very important for these guys to jump out ahead and get a, a lead and make everyone play catch-up.
2: Sean Marshall, the Marquee Sports Network, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. Uh, Sean, the starting pitching has been sensational. Chetwood certainly uh, had a uh, a bad one the other night. Uh, seemed like he was kind of wild in the strike zone, and there's been one by Hendricks that wasn't great, one by Darvish, but I, all the other starts have been just outstanding. Um, are, are you surprised that the starting pitching has been uh, so good? There was some question marks about the uh, Cubs starters going into the regular season, but uh, it seems to be the strength of the team right now.
3: Yeah, they got something good in the water in the clubhouse, man. They're doing good. I mean I know Tommy Hoddy. He's he's my age. My he was a Red Sox farmhand and my brother, my twin brother Brian actually was played with him and knew him uh, years ago when they got drafted to the Reds uh, Red Sox excuse me. But uh, yeah it's a bit a tremendous start. It's really fun, you know, to be a part of the Marquee sports Network talking about the pitching, the start, the starting pitching. It's been great, and you know, Hendricks came out the door and set the tone with that CG on opening day, and the rest has just kind of fell into place. I mean, Chad Wood, yeah, he got roughed up the other day, and his execution was up in the middle of strike zone. But they have a lot to look forward to. They have a lot, a lot of, a lot of big things going to start rotation. I think Alec Mills has been just tremendous, and he's kind of coming into his own after those. Nice starts he had against the Cardinals when it was getting down to the nitty-gritty at the end of the year last year. So he's proven to be an effective dude. And uh, the Cubs will have to think about what happens when Quintana continues to progress, too. So. But they're in a good spot with the starters. You know, the bullpen is shaking out. I think Jeffers is doing a fantastic job kind of leading the way and even mentoring these young guys and helping Kimbrell, it seems like, from some of the, some of the uh, footage that we get at the studio uh, of pregame stuff and then working on the side. So uh, it's good to see. He's chafing up. It seems, to, in my opinion, Kimbrell is. And the rest of the guys are doing great. We've got some good righties. Uh, Tapara, Sadler, nice slider stuff. Uh, but, yeah, continue to keep it rolling, expand the lead in the division, and see where it takes him. Sean,
1: uh, you mentioned you mentioned Kimbrell, and, you know, we've heard from him as well. You know, the velo is there. It's just uh, he's missing with certain – Pitches, he's missing location, and it looks like everyone is sitting on his fastball, and, and they're hitting it, unfortunately. As you watch him as a former player, as a guy who, who pitched out of that bullpen, what are what are your takes? You just said you see that that he's improving. How so, and what are you seeing when you watch him?
3: I just think there's a few mechanical flaws, and I was able to break him down the other day in one of the pregame shows, but I, I just see a little bit of rotational stuff, and pitching is all about creating direction straight to home. And when you're pitching in a spin, is what I said, It's hard to execute that release point over and over. Tommy Hollaby covered it as well, uh, pregame talking about Kimbrell the other day. But you know, it's pitching is hard enough already. But if you can't throw your your best pitch, well, his best pitch is fastball, but his second best pitch is his curveball. If you can't throw either of them for strike, you run into some big troubles. And he's ran into those troubles obviously at the end of nineteen, and and they kind of continued on early here, but. I see some improvement, and one thing I did notice on Kimbrell's pregame presser the other day, he's, I think he's battling against himself, you know, and this it, it is a big market. It's tough to hear a lot of negativity about his performance, but it's going to be about him not competing so hard against himself, just competing against a hitter and just remembering how good he was. You know, he was, well, he's been one of the best closers in MLB history over the past you know, 10 years or so. And just him remembering how good he is is going to help him get out of this funk that he's in. But I think the stuff is there. You know, he's still throwing 97. I think the breaking ball is there. It's a little flat. I think his arm angle is a little bit low. But he's got to get the depth, and he's got to establish that he can throw his breaking ball for strikes. And that's going to be the key for him to get back on track.
2: Sean, how much of this is between the ears? Uh, You've – you had a, a fine career as a starter, and then you came up and you ended up being a very good relief pitcher. Uh, where, where does the, the confidence level come in as to giving back his swerve and feeling like Craig Kimbrell again?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's gonna have to be him remembering his prior success, you know. I, I went through some droughts of of poor performances, and it's it's hard when you struggle. when you're used to doing so good like he has been for so many years and then dealing with some adversity and seeing struggle and feeling it and feeling how tough it is mentally, it's going to be for him to beat it. You know, it's going to be at the, in between his ears and his mind and, and his heart to, to do this. But, you know, and I, when I when I wasn't going good, I didn't have the curveball. And then the hitters could sit on something a little bit harder, something a little bit straighter. And, and big league hitters, when you miss up in the strike zone, most of the time they don't miss it. It's going to be about him having a couple clean innings and maybe he gets the ball hit hard, but it goes right at somebody a couple, maybe a couple appearances in a row for him to gain that confidence. But, but as a, as a fellow reliever myself, I have full confidence in the guy. I think he's, you know, obviously it's hard to struggle. And I think that he's going to pave his way to some more success, but it's going to have to be for him to want to have the concession and, and not just try to do it. He's got to want to do it. So uh, we'll see what, where it takes him. But I know David Ross has his back and just like, all of his other players, he's he, he seems like the, that player's manager, like our friend uh, Dusty Baker, who I played with, both in with, with Chicago Cubs and Cincinnati Reds. He's got the players' backs, and it seems like they're having a great time, some great vibes in that in that dugout and in the clubhouse in, in some crazy circumstances here with COVID. Sean Marshall,
1: our guest. A few more minutes with Sean from Marquee Sports Network. Uh, Bruce and I were talking early in the show, Sean, about uh, the center field position and how Rossi has kind of rotated – uh hap and nico horner was out there the other day almora has played out there uh what's your t- who's the best option in your opinion who's the best option out there in center field with this team for the cubs
3: you know they got like a, a three-headed monster out there i mean they got guys that can really do it all the defense in my opinion from all of them has been i mean nico just had the one start in center the other day and that's a big outfield in kansas city and he did fine but uh, the defense side has been picking up, and obviously the guys can hit too. I think Al Morrow's not off to the offensive start he looks for, but Hapkin, there's a lot of options when a dude can hit switch, switch hitting. You know, you can, you can match him up on both sides of the plate. And for the depth in the outfield, along with Schwarber, and his, his improved defense to me over the past couple of seasons is starting to show. He's had some big plays and some game-changing plays early here. But, uh, it's it's good for Rossi to have the depth and be able to rotate guys I mean it's tough when you're in these close ball games but there are some chances for in the blowout game uh, for the guys to get some opportunities and roll around but Nico's versatility stands out uh, the guys are just they're just doing it right it seems like they work hard they, they they're taking this season seriously even if this is a very tough one to be a part of um, but the depth is there. You know, the, the bats are there. The defense has been standing out to me, especially, and it's it's been fun to watch those guys. And it's, it's definitely helpful for David Ross to have so many options uh, of places to play. And and Hayward obviously leads the way. Big veteran presence and one of the leaders out there in right field. So, and the multiple Gold Gloves and his defense rubs off on the other guys.
2: Sean, uh, I've talked to pitchers for, you know, multiple decades about things on the record and off the record. And it seems that pitchers remember balls that weren't caught or errors that were made more than anything else, certainly all off the record because they never diss their teammates or go after teammates because they know they're giving their best effort. But uh, is that just the nature of pitchers that – they know, you know they made an out pitch, the, the out wasn't registered, and you remember that sometimes more than you do uh, some of the successes you've had on the field?
3: Well, I think so. I mean, it's of course, when you make your pitch and you get the, the, the result you want, maybe a weak ground ball and, and the ball's booted or a fly ball's dropped or something, but all in all, we're all still human and, you know, they probably get just as frustrated if a dude hits a dribbler back to me and I bobble it and they're out there standing yeah. in the defense a little bit longer as well. But that's just part of the game. You know, it's, I, I've had some, some innings where a lot of stuff has gone wrong and multiple errors, but it's, it's baseball. And Rossi said it in the post game and you're not going to have success every time. This game is, can humble you in a minute. And we saw with the defeat 13 2 to the Royals on Thursday that it's just baseball and it can humble you as quick, as quickly as you think you're doing good. It can humble you just as quick, uh, quicker or quicker. So, you know, those things when the defense isn't, isn't there. I mean, of course, everyone is trying their very best and nobody wants to fail, but it's just part of the game. Uh, errors are there. Mental errors are there. And, you know, it's the dudes that have the mental toughness and the strength to continue compete in adversity and tough situations, like trying to get five outs in an inning as a pitcher. Um, it's just, it's just part of it, and, and when you're a young pitcher, you learn it, and you can get frustrated out there, and it could be very detrimental to your success if you do. So, yeah, but, but Bruce, yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's tough when you have to make multiple extra pitches, and the defense maybe bobbles the ball, but it's just part of the game.
1: Sean, when you look at the Cubs, and they've obviously won uh, early with a lot of great pitching. We've talked about the starters um, the run differential sitting at only a plus seven with a 10-3 and three record. You know, those numbers do not always compute. Uh, that uh, suggests that things will even out if the offense doesn't pick up. So do you, do you see this offense uh, being able to, to string together and, and win those 10-8 ball games here in this season?
3: They've had a lot of one-run games, uh, really, and in the insurance runs that the, the, the Cubs have been tacking on in multiple games, I think three games were won because of, an insurance run tacked on in the seventh and eighth and um, maybe right. even the ninth inning sometimes. So that that's, they can hit, you know, and, and obviously good pitching in my opinion. And I learned this from our friend Bruce pragmatics in 06. You look at the pitching, you look at the depth of the starting rotation. You look at the bullpen dudes and those are the teams that most likely are going to be in the playoffs. And he, he, he went down every every depth chart starting rotation when I was sitting next to him, in the clubhouse one day, and he said, "This team's going to be good. This team's not going to be good." And it was all about the pitching. In my, and my and it's if the pitching continues to perform well, and the bullpen continues to improve, and then we'll get some. Uh, they'll get some reinforcements with Jose Quintana coming back. Uh, the guys can hit; they can produce runs. Yeah, the run differential isn't there, probably because of some some well-pitched ball games from the opponents. But they have a good approach, I think. You know, and some of the big boppers—they're not even doing what they have been doing. Like the Bryant, his average is probably where he wants it to be, or Rizzo and Baez has been timely, but he's not playing at the caliber that he has been. So once all all those guys get rolling, I think the offense um, will will separate that run differential and score more, and and if the pitching continues, they'll just continue their their, uh, success that they're having so far in, in this 2020 season.
2: Sean, we appreciate you uh, hopping on with us. Continue all the great work over at Marquee. It's fun uh, watching you work over there when I'm over there. It's a, it's a good time. Yeah, you uh, too, Bruce. Yeah. Like, yeah, everything's going well. Thanks for joining me and Mike on Inside the Clubhouse today. Have a great day, okay?
3: Hey, anytime, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Sean.
1: All right.
2: Sean Marshall, Marquee Sports Network, joining us on in Inside the Clubhouse. Mike, we you and I have to jump out quickly because Danny Mendick of the Chicago White Sox joining us soon. This is Inside the Clubhouse. He's Mike. I'm Bruce. We're here for you until 11 o'clock. Then uh, uh, Steve Rosenblum and Mike Grody take over for the unique radio they do. You're listening to The Score on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com.
3: You see James a little disappointed. He didn't get strike three there. Second base.
0: Diving stop Mendick. And he aced
1: him. Nicely done. Danny, it's second for out number two, getting
4: the Jersey dirty. It's big. Uh, playing defense behind your, your, your pitchers is big. It's, it's combination. We've always, you know, I know it's, and you guys hear me say cliche all the time, but pitching and defense, you know, timely hitting, um, it goes a long way. It actually, you know, when a pitcher makes a pitch and you're able to get two outs out of a, a ground ball or something, you know, it's, it, they're big. And, um, You know, fortunately for us, these guys have been doing a very, very nice job.
1: That's White Sox skipper Ricky Renteria last night. Great play on White Sox TV is called by Jason Benetti by our next guest who joins us on the Alpamonte Ford hotline. Alpamonte Ford is in Melrose Park.
2: Danny Mendick, uh, the second baseman of your Chicago White Sox nice enough to take some time out on a Saturday morning to join Mike and I on inside the clubhouse. And Danny, uh, Next man up is the uh, the theory in baseball. And uh, when your teammate uh, Nick Madrigal went down, you were next man up. And uh, as you shown from coming up uh, last September, you just go out there and play some baseball. And it's it's fun to watch you right now. And I imagine you're having a good time with it.
4: Yeah, how we doing, guys? Um, yeah, yeah we're doing said, great. Thanks. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's uh, I've said this before, but you know, we have a team of depth. And uh, it, like you said, it's the next man up. So um, I want to be there to help the White Sox in any way that I can.
1: And Danny, it's, uh, it's a fun lineup. It's a fun watch just from, you know, from our couches here. And I'm sure for you guys there in the clubhouse looking at all the, the big boppers and the, you know, the guys who are producing runs there, uh, it's got to be an exciting start to, to what can hopefully be an exciting season here for you.
4: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it was, you know, coming into it, when it was shortened to 60 games, it was like, it just kind of even opened the door even more. Um, We got such a good lineup, and, you know, never say never.
2: You had the uh, good fortune of having Frank Manichino at uh, AAA last year in Charlotte. Uh, He's now the the main hitting coach for the Chicago White Sox. You kind of uh, flourished down there uh, in, like, the fifth year of your minor league career uh, how much of that continuity and Frank's teachings have uh,
4: you credited to what you've been able to do so far? I'll tell you what, uh, Frank, he, uh, he knows what he's doing. Um, really does a good job at communicating different things. Um, and, yeah, I attribute a lot of my success to to his help. Obviously, you have to do, you know, you know your own things in between the lines. Um, but he's done a great job. He he deserves to be here. Um, and he's going to help his team you know, present and future, become a better ball club. Talking with
1: Danny Mendick here on Inside the Clubhouse on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Danny, we certainly appreciate your time. Uh, when you talk about uh, pitching and defense, Ricky said in the cut we played coming in, you know, this is cliche baseball, but, you know, pitching and defense helps win games. And you're obviously, you know, a great glove out there. How, how do you how do you prepare yourself uh mentally and physically to get out there and make sure that you're playing good defense and that you're in the right position to to help your team win?
4: Yeah, I mean, it just comes down to uh, everyday work. You know, you go out there and and you try to prepare, especially on days that you're not playing, you know, when when your role is, you know, you're coming off the bench and stuff like that, um, to get out there and get ground balls and do your fundamental work and and take it like it's a game. You know what I mean? Um, That's the thing that um, I've seen guys do. And I, you know, I think it's awesome, which is what I want to do. Um, But you take ground balls like it's, you know, one ground ball every game. And uh, that way it it translates into the game. And and when you get out there, you know, it's nothing different than than what you've been practicing. Uh, Danny, you uh, had the
2: the great fun and good fortune to play with uh, Luis Robert a little bit in 2019 as he made his way through the minor leagues uh, at a, uh, at a record pace. What, uh, what exactly do you see in him that you, I mean, you've, you've been in, uh, professional baseball for a while now, you've played baseball your whole life, but what, what is there special other than what meets the eye about Luis Robert, maybe just the, you know, kind of the attitude or the belief in himself that you've seen?
4: Yeah, I, we always joke and say that he was created in a lab, but, uh, he, uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, he has, he has the mindset, you know, for a guy that has so much talent, um, you know, you lot, sometimes you see these guys with a lot of talent and they're just like, oh yeah, it comes easy. You know what I mean? Like, um, but he never, he doesn't think that way. He just, he always wants to hit the ball hard. He always wants to be better. It's not like, oh, I'm really good. So I can just, you know, lay off. No, he's like, he just puts his head down, runs balls hard. I'll tell you what. I mean, if I'm a Sox fan, I, I'm, I'm super excited to watch him play in, in the future because he's only going to get better. Um, and as a teammate of his, you know, I, I play beside him any day of the week because he's a good, he's a good guy and um, he's going to be a good ball player, even though he is right now, but he's going to be even better.
1: Danny, uh, I have to ask you, uh, dancing for dubs, I know it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I enjoy it. Uh, I know a lot of other White Sox fans do, so – it's you, it's Zach, Collins. Uh, how did that come about? Uh, who makes up the moves? Who's your choreographer? And, and how does all this uh, work after victories?
4: <laughs> well, it started with the first, the first one that we won. We kind of were a little cold in the beginning. And then the first one that we won, um, we, had, we were about to go to, I think, Kansas City. And we were just all excited. Like, the music was playing in the locker room. And this song came on, and we just started dancing. And... Uh, kind of just hashtagged it, and then everyone started to like it, so we did it again, and then we went on a six-game win streak, and it was like, well, we can't stop now, so. Gotta um, keep doing it. Yeah, the music just comes from whoever's playing. Whoever's DJing in the locker room, if we feel like we can dance to it, let's let's get it going.
2: As far as your swing, how similar is your swing in baseball to your golf swing and your hockey uh, move? Because... You know, I know you're you're a big golfer and and you play hockey as well. So, how does how does it all materialize into not changing your baseball swing and not getting uh, caught up in it and still being good at those other sports?
4: Yeah. So um, I'll tell you what they all relate in some way. Um, I was talking to actual uh, Scott Coolbaugh, our assistant hitting coach, mm-hmm. and. My golf swing, you know, just different different moves that you make with the golf swing you're trying to make with your baseball swing. Obviously the ball, you know, the, the, the golf ball is sitting down low and it's not moving and then a the baseball is a little higher and it's moving. But, you know, there's different things that you do with your lower body that you want to be able to do to generate power. And, uh, you know, if you do that, then your hands and all that stuff go into the right place. So, you know, I, I always say this, but when my golf game's on my baseball game's on and vice versa when my baseball game's on my golf game's on so um might now might be the time to go out and, and play some golf
1: yeah no it Danny exactly and uh, I, I wanted to ask you too because you you have been and you are again today batting toward the bottom of the order you're in you're in the 8th slot today does, does your hitting approach change i mean you you're, you're coming up ahead of uh, angle today uh, is does that vary how you do things at the plate or what you look for at the plate
4: no you know what when i was in the lower levels of the minor leagues it did you know you, you get they always say you get more fastballs when you're in the lower part of the order but now you get to the big leagues and like everybody can hit you know what i mean one through nine so pitchers don't just like groove the nine hitter or the eight hole hitter fastballs because they just can hit the ball just as hard so you know i I think I go out there, I do my homework on what I think that they're going to do, what my weaknesses are, um, and try to eliminate my weaknesses. Um, and then just stick to my approach. You know what I mean? Like, see the ball deep, hit the ball where it's pitched, not try to control too much, um, and just hit the ball hard. Hit the ball in the barrel. Danny, in closing with you, and
2: Mike and I really appreciate the time. You know you got a ball game to get ready for. Um, who is the most fun guy on the team? I mean, we externally, whenever we get to talk to Eloy, the guy looks like he's never had a, a sad moment in his entire life. I mean, the guy is just perpetual uh, laughing and fun and energy. But uh, who, who gets you guys going every day uh, in that clubhouse? Who's, who's that guy?
4: I'll tell you what. I, I can't say there's a particular guy. I think everybody does a good job at, like, picking it up and getting it going. I think we have a super fun team. Um, you know, if I were to say, I'd say Tim Anderson – um, mm-hmm. Larry Garcia is a great guy. He's, he's fun. He's energetic. Um, you know, like I said, it's, it's more of not just one person. It's everybody we got, you know, there's a bunch of clowns and comedians on this team and, and we love to get after it and play baseball. So I'll tell you what, it's a fun team, fun year. Who does the best
2: imitation of Ricky Renteria? Is there, is there a known person yet uh, that does the imitation of him or super Joe or Menachino? who uh, has that East Coast accent and would be easier to uh to probably imitate. I'll
4: tell you what, I think Frank Menakino does most of the uh most of the, the job he does he does all that. He does the acting, he does the the emulating of renneria and stuff like that. He's <laughs> he might be able to do stand up comedy someday. We might have to look
2: <laughs> into that. That's great. Hey Danny, thanks again for taking some time out with Mike and I today and have a have a great game. Appreciate your time, and thanks for joining us on Inside the Clubhouse today.
4: Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
2: All right. Thanks. Thanks, Danny. Danny Mendick, your second baseman, batting eighth in the, the order uh, today for Ricky Renteria's Chicago White Sox on Inside the Clubhouse. Uh, nice guy, refreshing guy. I love the gamer-type guys. I always have, yep. like, uh, yep. I don't know why I have an affinity for them. Maybe you know you kind of relate to the type of player you thought you were when you were a kid growing up and just uh, taking advantage of the little things, knowing you didn't have great talent. So you you kind of used your, your mind and you used a, a left field approach and a team approach. So maybe that's why you, you like guys like that.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, and listen, Chicago, if nothing else, we know the Chicago fans, whether it's baseball or football or whatever, you get behind the scrappy guys. You get behind the try-hard guys. He's certainly one of those. He's a guy you can root for. He was a lower-round draft pick. He was made his way to the majors. And, you know, again, not always your starter, but as you said to him when he first came on, next man up. He has done that. He has contributed. Made a great play last night. And, hey, the White Sox are 8-6. and six. Uh, They're right there. Uh, two games behind the Twins, but they're right there in the division. They're right there in the uh, very early playoff race. And it is. He, he hit it on the head. It's going to be an exciting, fun team to watch this season.
2: We want to know your thoughts on the early season. Two weeks in, 20% of the season done. Your thoughts on the new rules, the quality of play, just your enjoyment of baseball right now at 312-644-6767. Call us or text us at that number. Mike and I will continue to talk Cubs and Sox all the way to the top. And then Steve Rosenblum and Tom Thayer will take over for us at 11 o'clock.
1: And you did hear that right. Uh, Grody is on later this afternoon, so Tom Thayer sitting in with Rosie. Bruce and I will have more Inside the Clubhouse when we come back. And we're back. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score, Inside the Clubhouse. Alongside Bruce Levine, I'm Mike Esposito. In for Matt Spiegel this week. Glad to be with you We are here until the top of the hour. Steve Rosenblum and Tom Thayer will have you then. Uh, And Bruce, uh, as we started the show with, the big news of the weekend, certainly on the Cubs side of town, uh, is their series with the Cardinals postponed uh, as the Cardinals uh, have another uh, few positive tests uh, for COVID-19. Cub skipper David Ross did speak this morning, and this is what he had to say.
0: I think, you know, overall, it's... um... Just another one of those reminders of how quick things can get out of control right now, in, in this environment, I think um, it's a little bit of a, you know, a reset for us. And um, take a couple of days, and um, we'll get back to to getting some workouts in, um, and then get back to focus on on Cleveland when we when we play on Tuesday. So, um, you know, we feel like it's just a little bit of a small little break, and and. Um, you know, got to continue to try to stay sharp as we possibly can, get back to to maybe working on a few things we might want to clean up in, the, in this downtime and, and use it to our advantage as best we can.
1: Bruce, that's uh, Rossi today, and we talked with John Rooney, play-by-play boys for the Cardinals earlier in the show, and talked about all the headers St. Louis is going to have to make up. Well, some of them now going to be against the Cubs. They've got three to make up, and uh, the Cubs, though, uh, from a Cubs standpoint, uh, no positive tests yet, knock on wood, but, uh, you know, some things, uh, they're at the mercy of others here.
2: Yeah, indeed. I mean, uh, they have a ton of games that they have to play uh, against the uh, Cubs. Uh, I hope they can get them all in, but, uh, you know, you, you hear some uh, some hesitation in, you know, David talking to the media, and that just was uh, at 10 o'clock when he had a Zoom call uh, with, with the uh, Chicago media. And from that perspective, Mike, um, you hear some trepidation in his talking. You know, there's that hesitation like, okay, we'll take this short break here. Not one that they want. Okay. Uh, You know, a a day off is fine. They had that uh, on Friday, Saturday. Great. But, you know, more than that is just, uh, you know, then you start to lose that feeling for what you have out there as a unit and you, you don't want that to happen. Uh, the pitching staff, you know, they can always use an extra day or two. That's great, but an extra three or four days—that uh, right. th- messes with a uh, with a pitcher's uh, swerve as far as getting ready and and being in that five-day mode. So uh, there, there is that hesitation there. And then the the, the mental aspect of it all, uh, the emotional part of, hey, we're going places. We're we're in jeopardy where we go. People are sick. S- uh, staying for 24 hours in a hotel room, uh, mm-hmm. not knowing where, you know, how long you're you're gonna stay there before they call a game off. It's a real, really tough on the players. Uh, I don't think people quite understand how hard this is to go out there, knowing that you're putting yourself in harm's way, uh, traveling and not in the great unknown, and then also mm-hmm. uh, just uh, the the new the new the new rules that they put in there. Uh, Just this last few days, Mike, uh, more social distancing with teammates in hotels, um, Mm -hmm. having an an eating uh, area for players in these hotels, but being six feet apart while you're eating your meals with your teammates, not to talk to them, uh, being away from them. These have Mm -hmm. all been implemented here in the last couple of days. You're going to see more masking on the benches, more social distancing on the benches. I think a lot of people were questioning what they were watching for a while, knowing that there is the inconsistency of some guys wearing masks, some not. Uh, you know, it was a little incongruent. So Major League Baseball has tightened it up as far as the rules. But it's very hard for these guys on the road uh, to adhere to all this. And uh, there's such stringent rules. I, I do feel for them.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know what, anyone who has done work from home over the uh, the months of this pandemic here, you get it in a, in a sense, right, because you're confined to your house. These guys, though, on the road are are theoretically confined to a hotel room. You're not supposed to go out, you know, no bars or restaurants, no malls. If you want to go take a walk or something like that, sure, you can do it outside. But, you know, otherwise you're in your hotel. And, and then, you know, if you yeah. go in somebody else's room, you're supposed to wear a mask. And, I, well, you know, I'm the, sure it, that's...
2: <laughs> it's crazy. They've tightened that up too, Mike. Yep. Uh, they told them no, uh, no socializing with, uh, with your teammates in, uh, in uh, the hotel lobbies, um, social distancing on the airplanes as well as uh, in their eating rooms. It's just, it's, it's a very tough. It's a very tough thing to adhere to. I know people will say, well, you know, they get paid handsomely, they get treated great, they have great food, they have great hotel mm-hmm. rooms. Uh, but they, they are in harm's way right now. And, uh, uh, you know, this is a, a difficult process, as it is for everybody who goes to work every day, Mike. Uh, yep. You know, it's, it's no different. But this is, uh, you know, a collective group trying to stay healthy together, which is really, really hard to do.
1: Yeah. And Bruce, uh, a few Cubs notes from this week, uh, you know. Uh, the roster had to be pared down to 28, so Rex Brothers and Justin Steele were sent back to South Bend. And then a, a few signings, not that these are in any way major, but it's it's bullpen depth, and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. And White Sox fans uh, will certainly remember Kelvin Herrera, who was uh, just there and released, and the Cubs you know, uh, basically taking a flyer on, on Kelvin Herrera there, and Matt Dermody, the other guy the Cubs signed, can never have enough bullpen arms. The Cubs trying to stockpile some of those guys at South Bend. And I guess it's a, it's a let's see what happens with those two guys, right?
2: Yeah. And uh, and certainly the White Sox, as we uh, pointed out, you know, with all of their injuries. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's incredible what they've had to go through here uh, as far as uh, the injuries to their pitching staff, the injuries to position players. Uh, it's very, very tough right now for the Chicago White Sox. Uh, they're not complaining. They're playing good baseball. Uh, they have a tremendous amount of talent. Uh, credit to, uh, uh, to Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams for the depth that they've been able to supply. But they're asking some people to do some things that they've never done before. But like we said, Matt Foster starting uh, the first uh, game of his uh, professional career today as an mm-hmm. opener. Maybe he'll go an inning, maybe he'll go two. We'll see how far he can go. The White Sox have called up a couple pitchers, uh, including Anderson and, uh, and uh, Birdie, Zach Birdie, uh, to, yep. uh, to help fortify things. So uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a nice thing in a way that uh, a lot of guys are getting their first chances in the major leagues that normally wouldn't have this opportunity. Uh, you don't like to see how it's happening because the White Sox have so many injuries.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, they've won seven of ten, though. They're, they're hitting the ball. Uh, it's an exciting team. And I know uh, for for uh, local baseball fans, uh, Zach Birdie coming up has got to be pretty exciting. He was one of their first round picks in 2016. Uh, he was throwing 100 miles an hour back in college. He had uh, the injury issues, but he is now back. Uh, he is from Downers Grove, so certainly some excitement uh, Locally for, the, for for Zach Birdie and for the White Sox, they you know right, it's it's results based. It's it's let's get the job done here. There's a need. You know, Bummer is down on the 10-day DL or 10-day IL, excuse me, with the left bicep strain from last night. Uh, so there is an opportunity here for Zach Birdie and Drew Anderson to come up.
2: And Mike, if people love baseball, and we certainly hope you do, listening to our show tomorrow morning at nine o'clock for three hours, our good friend Matt Spiegel. Uh, doing yep. hit and run always has uh, great insights and uh, great guests on there. So be listening to our friend Matt at nine tomorrow morning. And of course, after us, it's uh, Steve Rosenblum and Tom Thayer talking everything, including baseball, football, and hockey going on right now. That's right. Uh, out there. So, uh, Mike, uh, I wonder what your thoughts are on uh, David Ross so far in his first year, and Rick Renteria with his first competitive team. Mm-hmm.
1: I'll start with Rossi, Bruce. And, and honestly, I was not skeptical, but it was like, all right, let's kind of wait and see how this plays out. Uh, I have been impressed uh, with Rossi. I was definitely glad to see uh, the the specific instance in which he was he, he pulled Kimbrell out uh, to, to try to mm-hmm. save that game the other night. You don't always see that. A lot of times the manager will leave, you know, the, the closer in to, to sink or swim. Um, but you know what, in this, in this, uh, shortened season, every game is huge. You know, it's the 2.7 or whatever the number is that, uh, uh, the ratio is. And I have been impressed and we know, we know already, we knew four or five years ago that this was a guy that was great in the clubhouse. That this was a guy that was great with teammates. Uh, and now I think he's proving it, uh, as a manager as well. And I, you know, Fourteen yep. games, but we'll see how it works out. As, uh, and as far as,
2: as uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the one thing about that, uh, Mike, is you're only as good as the players. They played well for sure. him. Uh yep. The bullpen is going to be the determining factor for the Cubs as they go down the stretch here for these last, whatever it is, 45 games or so.
1: Right. No, and, and Ricky Renteria, listen, I, I remember when, when they hired Joe Madden uh, on the north side and got rid of Ricky. You know, and Theo went out of his way to, to say, listen, this is not about Ricky. This is, you know, we, we felt like the perfect guy came available for us. And we love Ricky. And, you know, he has obviously bounced back uh, very quickly with the White Sox. I am excited to see uh, what he does and what the White Sox do. And I think he is a good fit on that uh, on that team and, and with that organization. And uh, I, I think uh, both teams honestly are in good hands. And uh, Lord knows, Bruce, we've talked about this over the years. When you get these seasons and hopefully multiple seasons going forward, when you have both teams contending, it makes for for that much more of an exciting summer here in the city of Chicago when you have White Sox and Cubs contending.
2: I love the scrutiny of managers. It's just been so fascinating over my career to watch guys scrutinize and how difficult it is to determine success. I mean, you look at what happened with Joe Madden averaging ninety four wins a year for five mm-hmm. years. and deemed, uh, at the end, uh, a guy not getting the job done, okay? 84 wins, uh, a huge failure uh, as far as um, the the front office and people were concerned uh, with that team last year. Yet, uh, it shows you what Joe Madden did when they did astutely bring him in to raise the bar of what was expected from the Chicago Cubs, what uh, was expected that the, the Cubs would be like the Yankees, like the Dodgers, uh, like the great teams that they expect to win every year, not hope to win every right. year. Very different. Something that the White Sox are moving toward right now with their group and the way they built uh, this organization up. Rick Hahn talking this week about the fact that it's not all about 2020. It's about the continued success of our organization going forward every year. So, Uh, Not putting all of his chips on a a tournament season like 2020, but rather the focus is still on we're going to try to be a great team every year. And I, I think it's refreshing that the Cubs raised the bar and the White Sox also looked at it like this is what we have to do as well.
1: No question about it. Sox host the Indians this afternoon at guaranteed rate with a 110 first pitch. As Bruce mentioned, bullpen game here with Matt Foster getting the start. Zach Plesak, uh gets the start, Indiana native uh, for the Indians. And, Bruce, we are out of time, my friend.
2: We have people to thank, including John Rooney, the voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Sean Marshall from the Marquee Sports Network, of course, uh, at the end near Danny Mendick of the Chicago White Sox. Adam Stadzinski does a terrific job producing this show. Mike, it's a pleasure working with you. People can follow me Same. on Twitter at 670 scorecom and on our website. I write Socks and Cubs every day. Don't forget Matt Spiegel. Tomorrow morning from 9 until noon. Mike, have a great week.
1: You too, Bruce. I am on Twitter at Espo670. Our thanks to Adam and to all our guests for doing a great job. Hold on to your hats, everybody. Steve Rosenblum and Tom Thayer are up next. They'll talk hockey, football, baseball, and Lord knows what else. Right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Have a great day.